Welcome to Pod Me If You Can, I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And there are certain films we're all looking forward to in the next couple of years. We all can't wait to see what happens with Star Wars Episode 7. We're all looking forward to The Avengers 2. I know you are, Lloyd. Big yeah. Avengers fan? Yeah. <laughs> Spun me around the first movie. Uh, Man of Steel, we've got coming up in a month or so. Everybody's looking forward to Anchorman 2. You definitely would be, Lloyd. Yeah, I don't think they're going to top the first one, but it'll be a lot of fun to see the gang back together. Even Zoolander 2, um, same sort of thing, gang back (laughs) together kind of film. Um, Look, I'm really looking forward to Christopher Nolan's Interstellar. You know, there are probably some Uh, closet people who are looking forward to Angry Birds the movie. (laughs) <laughs> which is a bizarre announcement but anyway and um i'm sure there are people who are looking forward to 50 shades of gray even you know the novel series i felt the same way for when us, battleships was announced we're going to talk about some <laughs> oh about angry birds yeah <laughs> yeah look i think on a previous podcast i talked about x-men days of future past that's one i'm really looking forward to i just wanted to mention that again but um today we're going to try and shed some light on films that maybe you aren't aware of in this regular upcoming films podcast that we're doing so we'll do five films each and uh lloyd how would you like to kick us off yeah sure um the first one i'm looking forward to and it's right around the corner is pacific rim by guillermo del toro uh he's you know directed one of the finest films i think to have come out of the last decade uh called pan's labyrinth and I think he's absolutely phenomenal, really talented. And when I saw the trailer for this film, I just couldn't believe it. It's pretty much Voltron, you know. Um, it's got, like, Rocket Punch. It's got, like, you know, big, massive robots. It's It looks phenomenal. It looks absolutely amazing. It just makes me think it could be a really bad film if a Michael Bay director was attached to it. It could just be another Transformers. But because it's Guillermo del Toro, you know, it's going to be steeped with, you know, r- uh, deep character details and really intricate um, details on, on the creatures and the robots and everything, so I can't wait. Voltron, I always considered to be, you know, it always reminded me of Transformers. So <laughs> there's a trailer for this out? Yeah, there's a trailer for it. It's all over the internet. Everyone's talking about it. It's right around the corner to come out. I can't give you an exact date because every time a date's announced, it's always pushed back a bit later for whatever reason. Um, mm. But it's it's coming out real soon, and I can't wait. It, it, you should definitely check out the trailer, Pacific Rim. It stars that guy who was in The Wire. He's the British actor, and he was also in... I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. He was also in Prometheus. He played the captain who crashes the ship in, yeah. into the other ship. Yeah, he's a really good actor. It stars him and a few others that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't recall his name right now either, but I yeah, know Yeah, but you, you know mean. the guy. Yeah, he, I think he's fantastic, especially his job um, in The Wire. Jeez, I'm even struggling to remember his character's name. But it looks amazing. It looks like Voltron or Transor Z or for the Japanese Messenger Z, um, uh, but just in a film format, just Hollywood style. So I really can't wait. I think Del Toro is a super talented guy, although I wasn't a big fan of Hellboy. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you, when films get pushed back like this, don't you get kind of a... Um, bad feeling about it, I guess. Yeah, there's um, the f- director of the cell. I can't remember his name, and he <clears> came <throat> out with a film 
that apparently was visually stunning and it kept getting pushed back and eventually just got completely shelved and there are many films like that that just get completely shelved and they just you know get really late releases and they just miss their sort of time i'm struggling to think of examples but i know that happens all the time i've just looked up pacific rim just so i could be across it Uh, idris elba is the guy you're thinking of just elba that's correct i would never remember that name in a million years <laughs> it's also it's also got charlie day from um always sunny in philadelphia okay which character does he play the guy with the annoying voice <laughs> charlie <laughs> yeah he um the guy with the annoying voice is how my wife refers to charlie day's character and it's always sunny in philadelphia so. but, i'm sorry um, his film the fall uh the director of the cell um, oh, it's okay. apparently this visually stunning movie, absolutely visually stunning, and it just kept getting shelved. And um, yeah, eventually just came out to straight to DVD. Didn't even get a really good release, you know. That just happens. Yeah. Okay, so this is like, I see that um, when aliens attack, uh, when an alien attack threatens the Earth existence, giant robots piloted by humans are deployed to fight off the menace. Exactly. Okay. And and Charlie Hunnam, who's the lead actor from um, Sons of Anarchy, looks like he's the lead actor in this. It could easily be a terrible film if a Michael Bay um, director was attached to it and just sure. make it, yeah, you know, like big robots fighting monsters, you don't know what's happening. But Del Toro is so good. Um, I just think it's going to be a fantastic action movie. Yeah, look, and there's $180 million into this, so... <laughs> wow. Looks like a big one. And Del Toro utilizes his entire budget. Like Hellboy Two was made for like nothing, and it looks like a hundred million dollar film. You know, it's he's pretty yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, all right, I'll throw to the next one if that's all right. Yeah, sure. Good. The film is Gravity. Gravity. And it's it's going to be a smaller film um, in the sense that it'll be more intimate. There are two actors in this film: George Clooney and Sandra Bullock. I've heard of and this. Yeah. This looks like it's coming out October 4th. And again, like you've uh, thrown your faith in Del Toro, the director is uh, Alfonso Cuaron. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that completely correctly, but uh, the guy behind Children of Men, which I love. He's fantastic. And and I have ultimate faith in this director with this piece because even though it is... Um, well, here's the plot. Astronauts attempt to return to Earth after debris crashes into their space shuttle, leaving them drifting alone in space. And this is like a space thriller. I mean, there's Deep Water. Have you ever heard of that film? Um, no. It's where the two uh, swimmers, divers rather, um, are left behind after their boat leaves. And this is a similar kind of feel. Two people, male and female, left alone in an environment which may kill them. And this is like an extreme. It's taking it out into space. 80 million dollar budget and it looks like a lot of that is setting up this space station and doing the effects you know but there are shades of solaris here i think sandra bullock will be the lead though oh right not uh, not um what's his name Clooney. <laughs> no. Clooney yeah <laughs> no i i think she's going to be the lead in this and there is a trailer online it's very teasery um but what else is online and what people can look for if they really really want to is um there's a few synopsises that spoil elements of this film so if you don't look for them that's great you'll probably enjoy this film gravity a lot more um but they are out there and i just warn you spoilers beware so (laughs) yeah no it sounds fantastic i have a lot of faith in that director i think he's absolutely completely talented what was his films between children of men and this 
Oh, look, man, he's he did a bit of um, Paris Je Tame, like one of the segments of oh, that. Oh, okay, sure. He did um, he did one of the Harry Potters. Oh, he's, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. So he's um he's busy, but yeah. um, this looks like one of those like nice intimate movies where, I mean, I, I feel like you can always do these kind of beautiful operatic kind of shots and stuff I, in space. I think it's going to be a terrifying film, like full with claustrophobia and that. Like one of my big nightmares when when I was young was just being lost in space and drifting to oblivion. Like well, that was just, it seems like some of that from yeah, the trailer. Yeah. That's just horrifying to me. Oh my gosh. It's like it's not it's like another dimension. We all talk about fire, you know, burning, um, drowning, uh, being buried alive. This is just a different dimension of death. Like just yep. floating out to oblivion. So I really think this is going to be a very uncomfortable movie to watch but and you're in the hands of a complete master when you watch this film and two top of the line actors so i think it's just both academy award winners yes it's gonna i don't know i didn't see that movie buried or uh oh yeah ryan reynolds ryan reynolds but i heard it's really terrifying like you just want it the you just want to get out of that cinema and see sunlight you know it's one of those films and i have a feeling this film is going to be just like that so i'm really uh, i'm glad you spoke of this film because i'm looking forward to it now <laughs> yeah i think it's going to be good just on uh, buried ryan reynolds was so method when he was doing that film is that he had all of his lunch breaks and stuff in the coffin oh my gosh for those who are not aware it's a film about uh, ryan reynolds wakes up and he's been buried in a coffin and you know it's everything that follows is very I'm intense i'm a bit and- claustrophobic so like those type of movies just freak me out i haven't seen buried and i just have a feeling i'm going to be really <laughs> uh, very uncomfortable watching that film yeah i've i've seen it it's um it's an interesting film it's it's unfortunately smaller than it could have been like sure. um there's only so many shots you can do and there's only sort of so much the eye can be drawn to you I, know? I thought so- a really creative film that was done was uh the cell oh no the cube was it i thought that was really cube? interesting I think yeah it's that just was called cube yeah it was it was done in one room i know technically but it looked like you know they were going in multiple rooms but that was really creative yeah and the, the plot in the cube is that they're in this maze that is constantly moving mm. so you know if you think about a cube how it has nine sides they can go in nine different directions and because it's all moving all the time, they get lost in this like horrible trap maze. Yeah, which, um, yeah. The movie falls apart at the end to, for me, but it was a very, very creative idea. True, I agree. Well, um, let's go with your next one, Lloyd. Next one, I'm going to say Ender's Game, starring uh, Harrison Ford, and uh, it's directed by Gavin Hood. I don't know much about him, uh, but it, the trailers are out for it, and it looks pretty amazing. Um, I just I'll read a brief blurb about it. I hope this doesn't give too much away. That's on IMDb. Seventy years after a horrific alien war, an unusually gifted child child is sent to an advanced military school in space to prepare for a future invasion. And it starts. Okay, Harrison so Ford. you've gone you've <laughs> gone these um sci-fi films, hey? 
Yeah. <laughs> I think with Hollywood now, because they got, you know, great use of CGI and they're throwing so much money into films, I'm really enjoying seeing what they do with big money. Like, I love low-budget movies. Like, I'm, like my favourite directors, like David Lynch, you know, Orson Welles, and those guys worked in low-budget sort of movies, like Chimes of Midnight, and obviously David Lynch with all his films, like uh, Razorhead and so forth. But I do like seeing what they do with a lot of money. I do like seeing that on the big screen. Um, mm-hmm. So these sci-fi films that have recently come out in the last few years, I think have been fantastic. They look so amazing, and I love being thrown into those worlds. Yeah. Yeah, I just looked up the director's uh, filmography. X-Men Origins. <laughs> oh, uh, Wolverine. Oh, damn. <laughs> X-Men Origins Wolverine? X-Men, sorry. Yeah, X-Men Wolver- Origins. Uh- they only put in the word X-Men so that you would know it was part of the X-Men series. <laughs> X-Men Origins Wolverine. I mean, the next one's called The Wolverine. But right. um, I always think of the piracy scandal when I think of X-Men Origins Wolverine. Do you remember that one? No, I don't. Um, somebody leaked a working print, a work print of um, Wolverine, X-Men Origins Wolverine, online. And so it wasn't special effects finished. And so there was all these green screens and um, dots and stuff. I mean, I guess it was a lot of CGI still had to be put in. Uh, Hugh Jackman described it as seeing the bride on her wedding day without any makeup and, you know, not ready. Right. And um, I'm sure he said it more eloquently than that. But, <laughs> um, but basically this work print got leaked and, like, you know, obviously downloaded a lot. And there was all this legal stuff afterwards. But um, it really hurt the the box office for the film as you would expect people watched it green screened well people watched i'm sure it wasn't all green screen i didn't see it but um i'm guessing that an unfinished movie still revealed all of the plot details and then it was all online you know it's like suddenly why would you watch this movie if you can just find out everything you wanted to know months ahead yeah that and it was a bad film like i yeah yeah look so well, I mean, so was Transformers too, I guess, and that made a lot of money. <laughs> it's good to see Harrison Ford back in sci-fi. If we swing back towards Ender's Game, sure, yeah. But um, like, I don't, I don't know enough about the director to have confidence. But I mean, science fiction. I'm guessing big budget. Yep. On this one, so yeah, I mean, it looks pretty big, and um, yeah, I, I just think it'll be a fun movie. I don't think it'll be great, and I just, I, again, I just like seeing these big. Uh, sci-fi worlds that Hollywood's producing at the moment. Definitely. Well, I'm going to throw us back to um, something completely different, Lloyd. Yeah. And uh, that film that I'm going to talk about is called I, Frankenstein. You heard of this one? No. January 24th, 2014, we're going to see this one. And um, Frankenstein's creature finds himself caught in an all-out centuries-old war between two immortal clans <laughs> from what i can discover this is uh, a graphic novel that's been adapted to a film it's in production at the moment it's actually being filmed um in melbourne yep and um possibly all the principal photography has been done it's a co-production between america and australia which is nice and um this one's got shades of uh monster movies like uh obviously frankenstein but um One of the immortal clans in this is Gargoyles. This film also has the Invisible Man and Dracula in the graphic novel. Mm -hmm. So um, it's got kind of a League of um, Extraordinary Gentlemen vibe as well. 
Now, the man who is taking the helm is Stuart Beatty, the director of um, Tomorrow When the War Began, and he also wrote Collateral, which I think you're a fan of. Yes, I'm a fan of... um, I, I do know Michael Mann changed it heavily by the time he got it, but yeah, he's definitely credited as a screenwriter for that. Yep, okay. Well, the monster himself, and this, I think, is the big selling point of I, Frankenstein. The man who's playing adam frankenstein is aaron eckhart oh, from right. uh, who rocked two-face in batman yep you know and um so we also have this kind of interesting cast with a lot of australian faces there's jay courtney who is um uh, he played uh what's his name john mcclain's son in the new diehard film oh okay yep he's a, ju- an australian actor or is, was he, he is, just yeah. playing australian okay no, he's an Australian actor. Um, and then there's also Yvonne Strahovski. She was in Dexter. Um, she was also in Chuck. Um, she's doing very well in America. And we've also got Miranda Otto and Caitlin Stacy from Tomorrow Where the War Began um, in this film. And not a lot of details are out. But from what I can judge, they don't want to do a Van Helsing kind of film. Uh, they're looking for something more like The Crow. Okay, the, um, so a much darker edge. Well, seemingly, yeah. There's a there's a poster out which has um, Aaron Eckhart dressed as uh, Frankenstein, and um, the quote Aaron Eckhart described his character um, to I don't know, I can't find where the magazine is, but he said uh, Frankenstein is an intelligent, evolved man, and that's how he's portrayed in this movie for sure. So I mean, I think it sounds like he's not lumbering around like a monster he's evolved as he's saying so yeah i think we're going to see like a pretty cool movie here and i'm hoping that it's not too much like underworld yes because in underworld you know obviously vampires versus lichens or werewolves and like what we got there was this ongoing war and uh, like a romeo and juliet kind of story you know um where one from each tribe falls in love but if this one is the same thing gargoyles versus whoever the other ones are i didn't actually find that online um and it's just kind of frankenstein in the middle that could be bad but if this is kind of a dark um league of extraordinary gentlemen kind of yeah um the crow i mean i'm I'm interested this is definitely an upcoming film i'm looking forward to i'm also assuming it's this writer's first venture into directing I uh, know he directed Tomorrow When the War Began. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yep. And he's actually directing the sequel to Tomorrow When the War Began oh, okay. after this one. So You, you mean Red Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're doing there. <laughs> but like I said, it's an Australian-American co-production. I think it's all done filming now. And um, so that's why we get so many of these Australian actors in it. And it's definitely sure. one to watch, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. I have we'll Frankenstein. <laughs> Over um, you, Lloyd. The next film I got is Elysium, starring Matt Damon. Uh, have you seen anything of this? Like, uh, I sure have. Yeah, I've seen how, the trailer for this. How one. amazing does it look? <laughs> yes, it is very interesting looking and sort of this do or die movie. Because have you heard of sounds- Battle Angel Alita? No. It's a famous manga comic, and they did make a, a movie of it, an animated movie, and it is fantastic. It's just about a kid living in 
on earth and earth is pretty much like um dystopia and above him is this city basically utopia and all he wants to do is live in that city that that's above them and earth is pretty much like a junkyard like a hellhole and all the junk and stuff from that utopian city is just thrown into um onto earth and so earth is just pretty much left for itself and the only way to get up to the top is like it's pretty much impossible and this kid has to scavenge in this you know futuristic dystopian world um and it is amazing it is so beautifully done it's almost like a metaphor for what uh europeans had to go through in europe to get to america casablanca really touched on that i think it's one of the best films to really touch on that subject where they're living in a war-torn world and they're just trying to get to america which represents like you know freedom and um you know a better place to be and uh i think elysium uh, is pretty much just like that. Um, I hope they really hold on to those sort of themes. Um, um, James Cameron has actually been wanting to do Battle Angel Alita, adapt that manga comic for a long time, and that was the big talk in forums for a long, long time. But unfortunately, well, a uh, good thing, I guess, he got into Avatar, and that's all he's doing for the next decade or whatever. So I guess it's a crazy least... amount of time to commit to it, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's absolutely crazy. You'd be like Sam the director of spider-man just getting sick of um you know doing spider-man <laughs> the original yeah sam yeah. mendes <laughs> sam Men- no, no sorry not sam yeah, raimi. I, I always say sam mendes it's sam raimi you're right yeah sam raimi i don't know why i said sam mendes <laughs> um so yeah I, I think this film looks amazing and i i really can't wait to uh, what i'm just worried about it is that they're gonna make it to hollywood and i say that in casablanca is a hollywood movie but i just want them to stay to those roots like you're, you're living in this awful world and you want to get to that you know paradise that uh, it's a really interesting theme battle angel leaders phenomenal what i like about elysium is um the director is the director of district nine neil mm. blomkamp yep and um i sort of I kind of see what you mean about the Hollywoodness. I can imagine Matt Damon saying those one-off lines, you know, <laughs> the kind of I'll be back type lines. What I'm worried about District 9 is them doing a sequel and everyone wants a sequel. And people, I'm telling you, if you make a sequel to District 9, you're going to blow it. You're going to kill all the magic of the first one. It's going to be like The Matrix. You know, you're just never going to top the first one. Just quit while you're ahead and leave the legacy intact. If you start doing sequels, you'll kill it. The only franchise I think that has really survived bad sequels, um, in my opinion, has been... Uh, uh, alien and aliens like although mm. um aliens vs predator and alien <clears throat> resurrection were the most awful films known to man um the it's still intact the original franchise like the, those films are so solid it uh, passed the test of time but that's the only exception maybe because enough time was passed for a sequel to come along whereas the matrix it all just blurred together mm. yeah well i think that the matrix was uneven and um the second one was all action and the third one was um too much maybe too much chatting (laughs) yeah and maybe they could have been released the same day you know and then you would have watched them both back to back and it just killed the mythology for me like uh, there was so much left to wander after the first one like you were given this great action movie and the world was so dense 
um you know you're just left to wander after you left the cinema it was so amazing and everyone talked about that you know had that existentialism conversation about are we in a video game you know and all that and then the two and three came out and no one just talked about the matrix afterwards it was amazing (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing how two and three just killed that whole uh, legacy and they released these like 10 disc box sets to try and um you know get everyone to buy them (laughs) i still love the first one i can watch it but it really was ruined because of two and three Mm. Mm. i I tend to agree with you there um (laughs) but you know time passes and that is the way i'm going to segue into the next movie (laughs) because the movie is called about time and um there's a trailer out for this one november 8 is the american release um it is a british time travel movie lloyd yep and it is from the director of love actually richard curtis and before you say it's a rom-com or whatever it is (laughs) okay and and let me just say i can still look forward to a rom-com because time travel to me is a crazy interesting subject and i mention it all the time on this podcast for those who are not regular listeners and um in this one you know brendan gleason no the actor nope uh i think he's um I, i can't remember the character's name but in gangs of new york isn't he the um like the big guy with an axe who um oh the big the, club he was the also, club yeah he was also in the departed yes yeah he's fantastic i really like him a lot of people don't like his style i reckon he's excellent <laughs> yes yeah, so that's the actor brendan gleason um his son is the lead in this movie his eldest son domin dom domnahall domhall right i don't know how you would pronounce it uh sure. d-o-m-h-n-a-l-l Dom-hall? so anyway he's yeah. <laughs> he's the um the lead in this one and i really like brendan gleason in in bruges i liked him in troy i mean there was just a lot of good films that he's been a part of i'm surprised he hasn't been put in game of thrones like you know (laughs) he'd be perfect yeah (laughs) so anyway his eldest son is the lead in this one and at the age of 21 tim played by his eldest son discovers he can travel in time and change what happens and has happened in his own life his decisions to make the world his world a better place by getting a girlfriend turns out not to be as easy as you might think. <clears throat> so he can only alter his own personal history. It's like um, if you watched back your own life, you, you can't go back. There's a line in the trailer where he says, it's not like you can go back and kill Hitler yeah. because he never met Hitler. He never interacted with him. But everyone he has interacted with, that's what he can change. Which I think is a very interesting concept. Yeah. Um, the girl in this is Rachel McAdams, obviously of um, more famous time travel movie, The Time Traveler's Wife, which I love as a book. My wife and I read it. Great book, but terrible film. The adaptation of this film, it left out all the stuff I wanted to see from the book. Um, all the most amazing stuff, all the most daring non-Hollywood stuff, which I won't get into now, but I'm hoping this redeems rachel mcadams in her time travel movies um and i'm i'm hoping that yeah it's a solid time travel film cool like it's a do you reckon it's going to be one of those sweet i don't want to say the notebook but uh you know what i mean is it going to be one of those or is it going to have a darker edge well i think it's going to be sweet i think i mean rachel mcadams is also in the notebook isn't she so <laughs> I think she's been typecast a little bit. She doesn't seem to do as many hard-hitting dramas or anything like sure. Red Eye. But yeah. um, 
this is going to be, I think, just a nice movie. I think it has the potential to make a lot of money. It's going to be one of those films that, like Love Actually, can really blow up at the box office, mm. you know? Um, but for me, the the plot of time travel is what I'm most drawn to. And the, you know, the love story is maybe perhaps secondary to what they do with it. I mean, they could do a lot of paradoxes. There's a lot of butterfly effect implications. There's a lot of stuff they could do. So, um, I'm interested in the, the idea that he can only alter his own personal history, Mm. but there is a bit in the trailer that I don't love where the way he time travels is he just goes to a dark place, which in this case is a closet. And he just thinks about a moment in his life and then he's there. So for me, that's a little bit, I don't know. I don't love that. In the butterfly effect, for those who haven't seen it, he had a far more interesting way of getting back to moments in his life. He would have to look at a picture or a video or something to trigger that memory. But this seems much worse, I think, to just have him go think about it. Because what if he's just thinking about a moment of his life and then he's there? Mm. You know what I mean? If he's just remembering a time <clears throat> where somebody punched him in the face and suddenly he's back there and he's about to get punched in the face. That sounds like a dangerous way of, yeah, is accidentally time traveling. Or is it an original screenplay? Or? I believe it's an original screenplay sure. by Richard Curtis. Yep. But um, that, that's, that's the only thing about the premise I don't love. And I'm probably going to poke holes in any time travel movie. Yeah. You know, I've got... I've got problems with Back to the Future, for yeah, example. Yeah, even so. Back to the Future. My gosh. <clears throat> but anyway, in terms of upcoming films I'm looking forward to, this is one I'll check out, and it's called About Time. Mm. I'll throw it over to you, Lloyd. Next one I'm looking forward to is Metal Gear Solid. Now, there hasn't been much talked about this. Like, it's been all over forums. People are talking about a, a movie adaptation of it. And I don't know if there's any actors attached or any directors attached, but apparently the gears are in motion, as they say, that this is going to be a feature film. Do you know much about it? Uh, I know David S. Goyer is the writer. Sure, yeah. Obviously Blade and Batman. Yeah. He's uh, very good at adapting comic books um, to film, or at least uh, giving them life. Um, Certainly. Yeah. And I, I played a bit of the games. Um, it's a huge, huge cult game in, in, in the gaming world, particularly with the Sony Playstations, because that's yep. where it's uh, mainly attached to that console. Um, and if you play the game, you'll notice it's it's pretty much a movie. Um, uh, Definitely. Especially the last one, yeah. So I, I don't know if a, a movie adaptation... Like, I guess they're just banking on it, but I, I don't think the game needs it, um, funny enough. I, I think the game in itself stands alone, like Metal Gear... Metal, Call of Duty, uh, Modern Warfare, they're like great mini movies um, that you can just play. And there's been a lot of talk about this specifically with Tomb Raider when the Tomb Raider movies were made. Everyone said the games were better than the movies and that could easily be applied to Metal Gear Solid. I wouldn't be surprised if this movie did come out and they w- people watched and went, yeah, the game was better because they had that interaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's I like feel that, like... Um, you know, with, with this, it's it's a win-win situation, though, because sure. if you're not aware of the game, you go buy the game and play it, and you might check out the movie if there's a big name attached in the lead. And I feel like it's like the guy Solid Snake, I think it is, is the lead of the yep, game. That's right. And so I mean, he's he's kind of a aging, um, I guess you'd call him commando or warrior. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I mean, you get kind of an aging guy in the lead. Like I don't know about Bruce Willis is probably a bit old, but. 
Um, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> wow. <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely Clint Eastwood. <laughs> that would be an amazing film. Um, but, like, you, you could really do some great things with this. I think Metal Gear Solid is one to watch as well. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. It's a win-win situation. The moment you have that franchise attached to a movie, all the gamers would go see it, and it's got enough themes that uh, Tom Clancy-like um, theme that a lot of the movie-going audience will go see it as well. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Win-win situation. Look, my uh, my last one to contribute to this podcast... Yep. Um, no, sorry, second last one um, is, I think going to be one of the biggest films of the year it is called the monuments men and uh, it's out december 18 2013 so it's uh basically the boxing day film in australia i'd say um it's george clooney he's directing and he's starring in this film in a race against time a crew of art historians and museum curators unite to recover renowned works of art stolen by nazis before hitler can destroy them cool do you get all that it's a period piece well yeah i mean hitler's around <laughs> that's excellent um hitler's gonna destroy these artworks yeah so seemingly it's based on a book which i have oh, not okay. read sure yep um, sorry i was picturing a time travel movie for some reason no 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 sorry in a race against time is okay, a confusing sure, yeah. way of saying it but yeah yeah um, Nazis have stolen artworks. Hitler's going to destroy them. And now a crew of art historians and museum curators are going to try and recover them. Oh, I see. Yep. Now, the big thing to tell you about here is who is attached to this film. So, you like George Clooney? Yeah. Cool. He's directing and um, starring. You like Bill Murray? Yeah, I love Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray's in it. <laughs> Kate Blanchett? Oh, wow. It's getting good, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, John Goodman, who's been attached to so many great films lately. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Community. <laughs> uh, Jean Dujardin, who's the star of The Artist, who just won the Oscar. And um, Daniel Craig was attached to this film. But I believe he's dropping out because now Matt Damon is attached to the film. And I believe oh. he's taking the role that Daniel Craig was going to get. So this, this could be the next Argo. This could be Ocean's Eleven. I don't think either is a bad thing. And I feel like um, this is like, it's a heist movie, you know? I mean, they want to go get these artworks. But it's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Again, I haven't read the book. But the fact that it's a crew of art historians and museum curators means that they're not qualified to be, you know, in a heist. So yes. I can sense some comedy. I sense, you know, drama. I sense it being like that level, that caliber of um actors that are attached to this film it spells like success to me yeah i like it sounds like it's going to have a lot of diversity like it can be a comedy it can be extreme like in the sense like really dramatic and the themes are really heavy and um yeah i think the, those guys are the best uh people to handle that sort of um subject and i mean i've really enjoyed george Lo uh, clooney's films yeah that he's directed i mean which I one think in particular i like confessions of a dangerous mind a lot I haven't seen that. <laughs> no, maybe we should um, do a podcast on that one yeah. in the near future. But um, I think he's very talented. There's a lot of shots, like very daring shots um, for a director to do. A lot of really interesting 
um, just the way he moves the camera and stuff in that film. So if for nothing else, just to watch his directing continue, I think will be great. Mm. I'll throw it over to you, Lloyd. But the last film I'm looking forward to, and to be honest, it's only for um, a brief little reason, and I, I don't know too much about it, uh, but it's Captain America 2. And the only reason I'm looking forward to it is because George St. Pierre plays like a villain, and I'm just really curious to see the mixed martial artist George St. Pierre play a villain in a Hollywood movie. I'm pretty sure he's just going to be a bodyguard with like two lines, but I, I'm just really looking forward to it. I wasn't a fan of Captain America, the first movie. Um, in fact, that was the movie I was like, oh, Avengers is going to be horrible <laughs> um and I, I didn't watch thor because of that as well that and um iron man 2 i thought was really bad as well um and i actually like captain america i think he's a cool hero uh, i like know him as a character yeah i like him as a character i know a lot of people have him as the least favorite uh but I, I really like the guy i think he's like really underpowered compared to all the other avengers but he really holds his ground through his um uh his bravery and his um uh strategics that he employs and yeah um so i was, I was looking forward to captain ask, america too for george st pierre <laughs> is george st pierre a ufc fighter is that yeah, the yeah that's right he's the welterweight champion he's a french canadian guy um a shaved head white white dude <laughs> um okay, yeah he, he's a reigning champion like eight defenses or something like that it's pretty phenomenal what's um another good thing about uh what do you call it uh captain america is that obviously it's no longer a period piece which i think is what i didn't enjoy about the first yeah, one was i, I that thought I, they could have handled that a lot better i think it was very poorly directed poorly made um film and i, I just I, kept waiting been, yeah i just kept waiting for them to come to the future sure you know into present day and like for him to either be frozen or whatever the case may be um, but I mean, the, with this one, you get to continue what the Avengers was doing. So Scarlett Johansson's in it. Um, Kobe Smulders, who was Maria Hill mm-hmm. from Shield, is in it. Samuel Jackson's in it. Even Robert Redford's in it. From looking at the cast here, um, wow, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's it's continuing it, you know, from after the Avengers, which I like, and I, I'm yeah. interested to to see what we get. Really, yeah. Well, I saw. Um transformers one and i watched it again like the first one because i hated that movie but uh my brother was like oh did you see chuck liddell and i'm going chuck liddell yeah he was in the film and i actually watched the first 15 minutes he just played one of the um soldiers in the helicopter just you know like a nobody just in the background and him smiling at somebody's joke and i actually watched it just because of that okay i yeah, can't yeah. say i noticed i'm, him I'm there. just curious because um i i think mixed martial artists have changed the way people perceive combat um and it's really coming into films like before it was all kung fu and or, or even boxing you know and now it's really changed if you watch movies like haywire directed by steven sodenberg and even oblivion which is a podcast we're going to do um you see a lot of combat really changing toward um because uh, of mixed martial artists like you're seeing people pull off triangles and arm bars and and stuff like that so yeah i'm just curious about this um how hollywood's handling this transition and then for every ufc fighter you get a wwe fighter i mean yes. the rock is featuring in snitch he's got fast and furious six next month absolutely uh, uh wrestling has been a huge um impact in hollywood from hulk hogan um onwards you can even go back uh, maybe i shouldn't say ed lewis but uh nope that's pretty much it ed lewis he did a brief silent film i think and um 
Yeah. Wasn't there... Um, Hogan. Wasn't, wasn't there... Uh, it's in Ed Wood. Um, it's like uh, George, somebody, um, the hairy I don't know wrestler. if he's an actual wrestler. Um, he, Matt, he was, yeah. Oh, okay. In Ed Wood, the Tim Burton film? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, it might have been um, in the original Plan 9 from Outer Space film that the guy who played that character was a wrestler, but I, I don't know. But I, I do know wrestlers, of course, have been in Hollywood. I just don't know if it's a big scale as big as Hulk Hogan. I think Hulk Hogan was the start. Like, he was, like, the really big star. Like, he made films like Suburban Commando and others. <laughs> and now The Rock <laughs> and is... Yeah, and others. <laughs> and um, I think The Rock is, like, the biggest one to have... Immersion yep. to Hollywood and Triple H as well. He's done been inside, uh, uh, but not, not to the not to the scale of The Rock. No, Triple H. Um, uh, Blade was three. he was in he was in Blade Three, yeah, yeah. and not much else lately. <laughs> they, they, yeah, look, it's not. If you're going to look for a wrestler in movies, Stone Cold Steve Austin's another good one. Yes, yep. Okay, well, the last film I've got is also a sequel, and. Um, few details have been announced for this one as well but this is exactly what you would expect from the sequel to Cloverfield oh the right. monster film so um so they're was, making a sequel of yeah they are what, they what are, are they calling it Cloverfield 2 I mean it's just as un, you know Cloverfield sequel oh okay. so I mean, it could be Cloverfield 2, it could be... I'm disappointed based. Cloverfield did so bad critically and it wasn't that big of a hit because I actually didn't mind that film too much. Neither did I, yeah, I quite liked it. I, 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 thought I just found hate, footage. I don't like found footage films. I think they're a bit annoying and the technique worked against it a lot. Like, there was a scene where the guy was, like, going, um, do you need any help? And they're like, no, that's fine. And clearly the character needed help, like put down the camera and give a hand and you know it worked against it in some sense but the the sense of immediacy like you're actually there and a monster's coming down and then when the, yep. they stop the recording and you see um what was what they taped over uh what was previously on the tape like and it yes. wasn't throwaway footage it was actually footage that um worked into the story worked into the exactly and i thought that was brilliant really underrated yep. some of the yep. uh, some of the features on that film well what i'm what i'm looking forward to in this one is seeing how they do it now that i don't think they can do a found footage film yeah i wouldn't i'd, I'd drop all that and make it like you know uh riddick chronicles of riddick how yep. <laughs> there was this little film like it's really like terminator they're trying to get away from this whatever natural beast or mechanical beast and uh riddick gets away and then they make a sequel which is this big massive epic um i don't want to say shakespearean but this big massive action film which was completely different to the first and i heard they're making another riddick you know yep. I, I don't i have no idea what direction they're going to take that in and yeah it would be as you said it would be really good you got this little found footage film and then to do a sequel to cloverfield which is like this big proper i don't want to say proper but you know standard hollywood film you know it, it could work if it is absolutely um, if it's a sort of side movie where these characters are going through the same sort of thing you know but it wouldn't have the same charm as the found footage from the first one like you say when it cuts to what they were doing what has been taped over um it's a, it's a really different film and i'm sort of hoping they find a new way to give us this film like to the, the, they the need to redeem uh got the godzilla how we how hollywood destroyed godzilla in the late 90s 
um, mm. forever in Hollywood. Like uh, w- when I say Godzilla, like a big monster attacks a city and they hold out. And I know there's been a number of those type of films, but I would like to see a Godzilla, uh, like uh, Cloverfield take. I think Cloverfield was the closest they got to Godzilla, um, pretty much. And I thought it was a good take, you know. <laughs> well, this is one to watch. I, I agree. I think um, this is the kind of monster movie that we're going to see rather than something we know like Godzilla. Um, yeah. They're going to have to be like, this is a new kind of monster. And then the the discovery of Cloverfield, the monster in Cloverfield, where you see it and stuff, you know, it's that huge reveal. It, it's going to be hidden. Whatever the monster is in Cloverfield, the sequel, it's going to be hidden until the film is out, you know. Sure. And, and I feel like we might see some kind of different mutation or something completely new, but... I'm very intrigued for Cloverfield, the sequel. Do you remember the marketing of Godzilla back in the late 90s? Oh, I remember that spot, the TV spot in the trailer where the pier blows up? It's probably one of the the greatest pieces of marketing, like, ever. Like, I remember seeing buses, and all it said was his foot is as big as this bus. And then you'd be seeing billboards with his eye, you know what I mean? And all the trailers never showed the monster. It was like Mm. two people fishing, and then all of a sudden all the water splashes all over them, Sonic emerges Yeah, the pier gets destroyed. Yeah, and everyone... I even went to go see that movie... And I was like, wow, I got suckered in really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, one day they'll try it again. Yeah. You know, it's just enough time has to pass that you... Exactly. ...that you look forward to a reboot, I guess. Another great monster film is The Host. If someone's looking for something they haven't seen monster-wise. That's a great Korean film. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love that movie. And it's a smaller monster than a Godzilla or a Cloverfield, but a very effective one. And... Like, they perfectly create its habits and it's the way it lives and the way it attacks. And it's it's appears in the first, I think, 15 minutes of the film, mm-hmm. you know, and it's integral to the plot that it does. So, very good little film. Well, not even little. It's huge. It's a massive Korean hit. So, <laughs> anyway, that's our upcoming films, isn't it, Lloyd? Yeah, that's it. I'm looking forward to them. And, um, yeah, it's good. we got a list to look forward to now. <laughs> Um, we've got a YouTube page now for Podme if you can. You can find all the links and everything we're doing and other podcasts at www.podmeifyoucan.com. And um, on the left of the page, there are all the links. And uh, yeah, we're looking to have some exclusive content hopefully on the YouTube page soon. So until next time, guys, thank you very much for listening. Thanks, guys. All the best.